Boys and girls, Mel Herbert here. It's uh, Elon Daly. It's Tuesday, July 16th. And I'm going to start this podcast off by talking about another podcast. There's a new podcast I just found, Our Ludicrous Future. It's Joe Scott, to- uh, Tim Dodd, and Ben Sullins. Ben Sullins of um, Teslanomics fame, uh, somebody I've you know, followed for a long time. I think he does really interesting and great work. And I'm just not sure if you're supposed to do what I do a lot, which is talk about everybody else's podcast. But I think it's another really good Tesla-focused podcast. Go check it out. It's Our Ludicrous Future. And they got a cool little graphic, OLF. And it's getting really great uh, ratings and reviews. So uh, go and check them out. I want to be a supporter of all of the goodness, all of the good Tesla podcasting out there. And just another one that's I really am enjoying. So nice work. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you should prepare yourself for a hop test. That's right. SpaceX is going to do a hop test of Starship. Actually, it sounds like a miniaturized version of Starship, the Star Hopper vehicle, test vehicle, I think they're calling it. It's going to hop about 20 meters up and sideways. And in April, they did one where they just sort of did it a few centimeters. So again, we saw this in the past when Tesla is sort of developing their reusable rockets. They did these little hoppy tests. And uh, it's amazing how quickly they went from hop test to we can fly it into outer space and land it kind of thing. So um, if this is successful, and then what they'll probably do for the next one is go up a few thousand feet, and then they'll probably go up into spacey space and do it and see if it works. But this is moving along very, very quickly. And we're excited about it because, you know, we want to get out there into the space, into the moons. But mostly what I'm interested in is this idea that this ship is going to be able to take you pretty much anywhere in the world in about 20 or 30 minutes. And at a price, according to Elon, that would be about the same as Economy Plus of an international flight. But instead of taking, for example, because I go to Australia a lot, instead of taking 14 hours, it could take 30 minutes to get to Sydney. Oh, come on. And he was suggesting that it would be like a ride... And uh, at Disneyland, where they would strap you in, because for about 20 minutes, there's going to be a fair few G's, and then there's going to be a little weightlessness, and then there's going to be some more G's, and then you're going to be in Sydney. Now, I'm a scaredy cat. I'm afraid of dying in space. But if it really can do it, and if it's shown to be safe, and uh, first few thousand times they do it, nobody dies, I'm on board with this. Let me tell you, I am on board with this. Don't ask me about the carbon footprint of it, though. The carbon footprint of flying around is a bit of a problem. I'm sure the carbon footprint of flying into space and then coming back is going to be a bit of a problem. We're going to need to buy some offsets. Now, today, your time, because I'm in yester time, I'm do this today before. Today, your time, Neuralink is supposed to be coming out with a big, mysterious uh, brain computer thing. Remember that Neuralink's sort of the forgotten, in, in, at least in my mind, the forgotten company that Musk is involved with. So Musk is really concerned about AI. He's made this very public. He's very concerned that the computers are soon going to take over and then it's going to be all bad and the Terminator is going to be coming. And the only way he thinks that we can keep up is one, that there is sort of an open AI project which he's involved with so that people in lower income countries or lower income people or not so big businesses can keep up with the big businesses, with the big countries, because if they get too far ahead, somebody might get way ahead and then we'll all be subservient to them and that would be bad. And as part of that, he also believes that human beings are at real risk here, that the computers are going to get so smart that humans themselves are not going to be able to keep up. And so having some sort of brain-computer interface is what he thinks we really need. That as the computers get smarter and smarter and smarter, we are going to want to plug in. It's sort of the matrix-like future that he's talking about here. And so today, July 16th, they're going to release some information 
Now, I have no idea what it is. I'm not sure anybody knows what it is. But have they made some actual strides here? Have they actually made it to the point where somehow you can plug in? I'm not a neurosurgeon, but I find that a little hard to believe that they're getting anywhere close to being able to do a uh, crystal silicon biological interface. Now, we have some of these. We have cochlear implants. We have some of this stuff going on, but not in the way that this sounds like, you know, I'm going to give you a chip that makes your brain 20,000% faster. I'm going to give you all of the information of Wikipedia right there. That's what, you know, in science fiction we talk about. But it'll be interesting just to see what they're working on, how far they've come, and hopefully we're not going to get freaked out because they're way further ahead than we think. I should also tell you, warn you, and give you the heads up, as it were. I'm going to move this podcast onto another platform, and whenever you do that, it can crash and burn. I'm probably going to do it in the next few days if we work out some of the details. So if for some reason the feed stops working, let me know. I'm going to be testing it and testing it some more, but I'm going to move to another provider and then uh, we are going to see what happens. This is actually an interesting group. They're called Red Circle, and they're venture capital um, funded. But basically the idea that they are trying to do is get a bunch of different, particularly technology podcasts together, so that you can talk about each other's uh, podcast and get a bit of sort of cross-promotion going, and also the ability sort of to monetize a little easier. So this is uh, something that the podcast industry is really trying to crack this nut. How do you continue to fund your podcast? Patreon is sort of one way of doing it. Advertising is one way of doing it. Um, But it does cost a lot of money. It costs a lot of time to put these on. And that's why you see a lot of podcasts that come and go. So I'm going to give this uh, group a try. And I'm going to try and do it without breaking the feed. Uh, I'm scared. Frankly, I'm scared. But we're going to give it a try anyway. Let's do some Gigafactory 3 updates, and the update is they're still building that thing incredibly quickly. The latest flyover videos are really impressive. We're going to need some internal flyovers now because the outside looks like it's basically done. There's also a very big substation that is uh, being built. They're continuing their hiring. Apparently, they've got a bunch of skilled workers that are coming over from other car manufacturers as well. So this thing is really absolutely cranking. Now, the one thing I don't see, though, on these flyovers, which is a little bit disturbing to me, you know how on Gigafactory 1, it's going to be covered in solar panels and there's going to be a wind farm and it's all going to be 100% renewable energy? I don't remember them saying anything about that for Gigafactory 3 in China. And on these flyovers, I don't see any evidence that there is solar panels on the top of that. So what's the dealio, uh, Tesla? Are you going to make this 100% renewable energy? Please, oh, please, oh, please do that. Please do that. That's important. It's really important for big companies, thought leaders like Tesla to do that. So maybe I've missed it. Maybe you can correct me. But I haven't heard about that. And I think it's really important. The other thing that's interesting to me that I'm a bit confused about what's going on is why Gigafactory 1 is always 30% complete. It has been 30% complete for years. What's going on there? Why can't you complete the other bits? Do you just not need it right now? Is that for when uh, Model Y comes and you need a lot more production? Or are we going to see an explosion there when we hopefully get the new Maxwell slash Tesla batteries? I've heard one commentator, just one commentator say that what's going on there is that they're having a really difficult time finding enough uh, skilled workers to work in Sparks, Nevada, that they're kind of maxed out right now. And there's also significant traffic problems because there's not much of a, a road system in and out of there. But it just seems curious to me that for so long, it has been 30% complete. As Robert was saying on the big show, on the Talking Tesla show, we need a lot more batteries. So uh, we need some updates. What is going on with this? And if 
it's only a third done. What is the other two thirds going to do? Is it going to be all batteries? Is it going to be sleds for Model Y? What's the plan? Give us a more fleshed out plan. Or did I miss it? Because I do miss things. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I will talk to you tomorrow. And again, uh, I'm going to change the feed in a couple of days. We're going to see how that goes. And Neuralink, go check it out. If you're doing nothing or you're sipping your coffee before you get to work, do a little searchy search and see uh, what they're going to be talking about with Neuralink and whether we're all going to get an implant and become 3,000% smarter. That'd be nice.